Hey guys, I'm Danny. And I'm EJ. And this is the Your Living Proof Podcast. Where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family, from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Your Living Proof Podcast. I hope everybody's been listening to the last couple episodes because we've had some super amazing guests, people that I really, really admire and actually was so excited to have on. So hopefully you've listened to those episodes. And today it's just me and Dan. That's right. Dan. Dan. He's here. He Mr. is Dan. feeling it today. And his legs are looking especially, especially no, tan we've had, and we've, nice. We've, we've had some superhumans on the show recently with stories that are just incredible. And I hope they're not only inspiring, but they also encourage people to just get the help that they need. Absolutely. Every one of these people, that's the most beautiful part about their stories is they had to reach out and get help at some point. Yep. They tried forever to do it on their own. They couldn't. So. Yes. And we have these amazing people on because we want everyone to feel really comfortable in their stories. And that's been, I think, one of the most powerful things is just being vulnerable with other people, people that you wouldn't assume had had a struggle. And then you hear their story and you realize that's pretty much everyone we all know. Yeah. It's the person you're standing in line next to at the grocery store probably has a story that would just knock you on your back, but none of us really talk about it. So yeah, everybody has it. it. Everybody has it. It's just, do you feel comfortable sharing it with the person next to you? That's right. Usually what makes you feel comfortable is that they share theirs with you. Yep. So today we want to bring you guys something, I guess, more personal. Yeah, absolutely. We want to bring, I guess, to light some of the parenting skill sets yeah. Or, or weapons that we use, right? Yep. Our, our kids truly these days grow up in combat. Isn't, yeah, isn't absolutely. That and just to let you guys know, I, if you're following us on Instagram, you already know, but we are working on some really awesome stuff right now for anyone, anyone that wants to attend. We are, we are creating some workshops surrounding parenting and really just being proactive in parenting right now in, the, in these times. Yeah, these times. And how just battling against all that our kids are battling with. Yeah. We've partnered up with a young man, Smith alley, and we're also going to have others join us as well. But what we want to address are the real issues that we're facing today. Yeah. Just like you said, yep. and we want parents to be empowered, whether it's reading an actual script or the material needed or how to navigate through certain topics. The reality is in today's day and age, if you don't play offense with your children, in these difficult topics, you're going to be playing defense the whole time. Yep. And you'll be in a losing battle. Before we get started here, I want to just share a story. When I was a young man, and maybe I shared this before, I'm at an age where I start to have hormones and testosterone coming up and kids are talking about things at school. This was a long time ago. I'm not going to date myself, but this was a long time ago. Well, still, you have curiosity. So one day I'm like, wow, what are boobs? Like, what, I mean, what are boobs? Like, what do they look like? What are their purpose? You know, my kids at school were talking about boobs. I come home. I'm thinking about, hmm, how am I going to find this out? Now, this is before anyone listening. We have to remember, those of us that can remember before <laughs> before there was internet, before there was dial-up internet, Siri, anything like that, I, I had one of two choices. I was going to either go ask my mom or I was going to go into the office. So, of course, I went into the office, my father's office, walked in there, and he had these custom wood cabinets now, as a young man, you have to realize, you know, everything looks bigger than it is in life. So I'm looking up at these big cabinets and on the shelf about a foot over my head, 
were these large books called encyclopedias? Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> Didn't we no, all have right? those? They're those big, thick books. And there's one that says like A to C and then D to F or whatever, right? And they section yeah. out the topics. So first of all- you had to be like a good speller to find it. You anything. did. First of all, you yeah. had to, okay, I had to find which of those books it was. And then you pull the book down and they're like three inches thick and it's- you're looking at it going, oh my goodness. So you're flipping through trying to find it. And then once you do, it's words typed on paper. Right. Fine print. It's not very exciting. There was, I remember there was a little pencil sketch of these boobs. And it was so disappointing. Disappointing. <laughs> I was I was waiting for something <laughs> more exciting because I was so curious. And here it was just as boring words and a like a pencil sketched picture. Yeah. We do not live in a day and age anymore where your kids have to find an encyclopedia. No. Nor do they have to have a, a card to get them into the bookstore so they can find the information. It's in everybody's pocket. It's in everybody's hand. Yeah. So absolutely. our goal today in sharing some of these topics is just to help us be a little bit more aware yeah. of what the challenges we have. Yeah. And we just, we kind of just like wrote out our like top seven things that are, are just critical in our family and kind of what we've things that we've done wrong that we're now correcting. And, um, we just want to share them with you. Yeah. I think it's a good point. We, we have failed at a lot of these and yeah. there's, there's some of these that my wife is much better at than I am probably and vice versa, probably most of them, <laughs> but a lot of these are learned also just from a, the amount of young people that we've worked with, maybe that are now yep. further down the road in addiction. Maybe they you know, have mental illness or they have suicidal thoughts. It all stemmed from something small in the beginning. Yeah. That could have been worked through. Absolutely. Had the families known better how to do it. Yeah. So kick so us just, off. Blondie. Yeah. We're just trying to help create a really healthy family culture inside of your home. And some and, of these might be obvious and you might already be doing them, doing yeah. them, but otherwise try to find one or two and implement them in your home. I promise it'll Absolutely. help. So number one, and this is one that I probably imp implement every single day is admit when you're wrong <laughs> to your kids. And I don't know why that's so difficult. I think once you become a parent, you feel like, okay, the, the, like the triangles now inverted. And I'm like, I know everything. I'm the leader. <laughs> I'm supposed to like do everything right. And you don't, at least I don't. And it's okay. And actually I've had some of the most powerful experiences with my children when I have maybe lost my temper or said something wrong or hurt their feelings, not even knowing. And I had that opportunity to say sorry. And I, I get down on their level. I'll sit on the floor so that they're a little bit above me. And I, I will ask them to forgive me. And I will tell them I was wrong. I did that wrong. I could have done it differently. I wish that I did do it differently. I can't change it, but I can tell you that I was wrong and I am sorry. And admitting that actually allows them the space to do the same thing is what I have learned is that then when they make a mistake, they can kind of abruptly stop and go, oh, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And it's just really creating that culture where we're not expected to always do the right thing, but we are expected to admit when we are wrong. There's this phrase my wife uses a lot, and it's it's a sexy one. Oh, yeah. What is it? 
perfectionism interferes with intimacy. Yes. And, you know, I have ADD, so I always have to like pause and then rethink through things to make sure I'm understanding it correctly. <laughs> but it's true. When we try to have this level of perfection in our home, now, of course, we're all striving to do the best we can. We're striving to live life the best we can to accomplish the things we want to accomplish. But when we have this level of perfection in our homes, it's suffocating and it's difficult. Absolutely agree. It's okay to strive, to push. But when we fail, it also has to be okay. Yeah. Well, and it's like my kids will see me like studying the scriptures or, you know, re listening to like a religious podcast. And then they'll also see me fail at <laughs> things. And that's okay. I'm okay with it. And I actually think it's, it's good to let them know, like, I'm trying to, we're all trying together. Yeah. We're, we're all learning and growing together. So number one, perfectionism well, interferes it, with intimacy. And before we move on a personal story about this, you know, we have a workbook for our online courses. There's a workbook that goes with along with it. And going through the workbook, there was a section where one of my one of my boys had pointed out, wow, dad, you went to jail. He had seen a picture mm -hmm. or something. Now, of course they'd heard my story. They knew, they knew enough about it, right? They were younger when I told them. And so I kind of just gave them the high level overview of it. But when he saw this, it was really alarming. So I had to stop and explain that so that he understood it. And the beautiful part was they didn't like hearing that. It actually made him really sad, but very quickly, even within hours or for my other son, it took a few days. They just saw it as such, such a triumphant thing yeah. to overcome that. So something I was a little embarrassed about, yeah. maybe a little ashamed of my kids knowing that I kind of secretly wished I would have been able to hide certain aspects of it. Sure. were empowering them to them. It yeah. didn't scare them. It had the opposite effect and impact that I thought it would because it actually drew them closer. My oldest son from that day forward, anywhere he went, he was so proud. Hey, he would even take some of my business cards and hand them out yeah, to people at the would. grocery store. Cause he's like, Oh, my dad's overcome the worst addiction. He can help you. Yep. And so it wasn't something he looked at that lessened his yeah, opinion he, about me. Like, absolutely. It, it just made him proud. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to start with the next one, moving on to the number two, because I just want to be open and, and say that I'm not good at this one. It's one that my wife thrives at and I am terrible at. And that's paying attention to the stories they tell. They might not matter to you, but they matter to them. If they can't tell you the little stuff, they will never trust you with the big stuff. I am one that's after a long day, I've been out helping people. I've been in some really dramatic situations and scenarios might come home and I don't know, maybe it's because I'm old, <laughs> but my kids are at that age where they, da, 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 da. where's the recess? And then I went here. Then we came back from lunch and they start telling me all these stories and going on and on and on. I'm the one that usually after about 60 seconds, it's like, okay, okay, okay. Stop. Go talk to your mom because I just can't handle yeah, it. You can't absorb it. But when I do, and that's not all the time, but far too often I find myself disregarding their stories unless right. it is significant. Sure. So I, then I pay attention, but when yeah. they're insignificant, like you said, I'm not gaining their trust because when the little things happen, they know, well, dad doesn't have time for it. Doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. And it's something that I've, I've intentionally really, really worked at because of course, as an adult, you're like, oh my gosh, your story that is like going 
ups, down, sideways, doesn't really make sense. You're talking extremely fast. I don't understand. It, it is hard to like stay in it. But I, I actually love just dropping everything and I, I, I'll have to stop. Like I can't multitask. I can't be like trying to work on something or trying even trying to make dinner or anything. I have to stay in it with them and just share in their excitement and go on that little journey with them. And honestly, it's, it is hard, but. Well, it's like repetition, you know, and, and you're, it's like going to the gym, you, you get results right from doing all the small things. Well, and I always have to remind myself, I'm just so grateful that they're just talking to me because there will come a time where their feelings might not be this light and they don't want to share it. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm grateful in those moments that they are just talking about what happened when they were playing Foursquare and who got hit and how it happened and, you know, d little details that are, are meaningless, really. But it the overall point is that they're talking to me about yeah, and they're their creating day. a habit. And I'm, I'm grateful that I'm there and I can do it. Give us number three, Blondie. All right. Um, number three is don't ignore the big stuff just because it scares you. And this is one that I know every parent struggles with yes, at, to, to some, some degree for sure you know and 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 maybe you're you're really comfortable having the conversation about sex but you're not comfortable talking about masturbation or you feel great about talking to them about pornography but you don't really know how to have the conversation about drugs and alcohol or even the conversation about feelings you know yeah. all, all, all these things and you guys have heard us talk many times before you know and to help us with this specific one we've created a safe place in our home mm -hmm. it's a couch in our bedroom all of our kids know how it works what the purpose is so if there are things that are bigger they don't have to talk about it at the kitchen table in front of everybody yeah they can just simply ask mom or dad hey can i go talk to you in the safe place which happens about every other day um, sometimes they are significant things sometimes they're not but yeah. when they go to this place they know first they have our undivided attention two they have some privacy and three there's going to be no consequences or anger or anything at, at this moment, right? So I think it's critical how you approach this. Yeah. Because when we're talking about bigger things, you don't want them to just feel embarrassed because maybe they aren't comfortable talking about it with dad. I don't know. Or maybe with their other siblings around, they're embarrassed because maybe they, they think they already know. Yeah. So you've got to create a routine and, and have that in place so that they can talk to you about these big things. Because here's the reality. At the end of the day, if you don't want to talk to your kids about pornography or masturbation or sex or drugs or alcohol or addictions, someone else or something else will. And again, right. it's not them trying to find it out in the encyclopedia and hoping that they just never do. Our, our son once came home from school, got, got home and immediately walked in the door and he's like, dad, what does it mean to be gay? Well, I was about to get on a phone call in about five minutes from then with a client. So... I just said, Hey, you know what, son, we're going to have to talk about this later. Kind of just disregard it. And I was going to, you know, answer his question yeah, later that day, more time. later that day, yeah. I turned around to go get my earbuds for the call. And my son took his mother's phone. And as he's walking away from me, he says, Hey Siri, what does it mean to be gay? Right. He, <laughs> I don't know if you just heard the phone just clicked off, but that quickly he was able to get the information he wanted. It was a learning lesson for me because in that moment I realized, you know what? Not only are these difficult topics, but I'm not going to be able to choose the most convenient time and place to talk about them also. 
Right. And what I needed to do at that moment is said, son, I would love to talk to you about this. I want to be the one who talks to you about this. And we are, we're going to answer every question you have. You got to give me five minutes. That might've changed the outcome. Right. Yeah. But I also just think there's so many resources out there. And, and like we said at the beginning of the podcast, we're creating a workshop to actually like completely hammer all of this out with all of the parents who come we'll we'll tell you how to have these difficult conversations but the point is today don't ignore them because they scare you do what you need to do in order to feel prepared to have those conversations because they need to be had and they probably need to be had sooner than you ever had hoped they will not come from anyone at school not a teacher better presented to them than from you Right. Not even somebody that you trust or, or a church member that they've been exposed to in a class or something will will have the conversation needed. You are the parent. You <laughs> yeah. need to have it. And especially if they find out from social media or a friend at school or the internet. So yeah. I love this next one. Okay. It's, it says never underestimate the power of one-on-one time. Oh, yes. I, I love this one too. That is one that we constantly have to remind ourselves. It's funny because we're good at it for a while and then we fall yeah, out of yeah. that routine. But any parent out there knows that the precious time they've had one-on-one with any of their kids, it's never enough. No. Yeah. I've never had a bad time when when I've done it. Even if it's just like a silly errand. Hey, I need to run to the store. Do you want to come with me? And when I just have that one child with me, I always get a completely different child than the one that I am with when everyone's all together. We always have a rule too. And we have that time with them, whether we're taking them to dinner, going out to do an activity or just simply running the grocery stores. We don't use our phone when we're with them. Right. It's, it's hard. We try not even to talk to each other, but we want them to feel like they have our attention. So whether they have something to ask or discuss or share with us or not. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, hey, I want to listen to my favorite song. Can we go get a soda? And we're just driving around together and it's just kind of light. But they feel so important and they feel seen and they feel heard. And it's something that they crave. I mean, I have one of my kids that is asking me if they can do a one-on-one date. Like every day. Yeah, because he loves it. He yeah, loves that he attention. Just, he loves and it. And all of our fi- family dynamics are different, but they're all complicated and complex. Yeah. And so often, no single person in the home feels like they're ever given the time and attention they want, or maybe they're not heard as much as they'd be, like to be. So this is just a call out to everybody. If you're doing it, do it more. Right. Find time to do it, no matter what. If you, it's simple or small, find that time to have with them one-on-one. Yeah, you'll never regret it. Okay, number five. Um, is one that I love and I have a lot of passion for, and it's don't write checks with your mouth that your actions can't cash. And what that means to me is don't tell your kid they can be vulnerable with you and they can talk to you about anything, and then when they do, you shame them for what they say. You have to be able to respond to anything your kid says in a way that's not shaming it could be overwhelming to you. It could feel heavy to you. You you could be angry about it. That's all okay. But the way that you treat them and the way that you respond to it, it has to fall in line with what you have told them. 
whether they're young or older, they're going to learn more about how you reacted to it than what you ever tried to preach or say Absolutely. to them. And I, I've, I've talked a little bit about this before, but I will always go back to when I called my parents and told them as a BYU student that I was pregnant, not married, and what their response was and how they treated me. It completely changed the situation. They could have hung up on me. They could have said, well, you're not welcome here. They could have done a million things, but they didn't. They just loved me and they came and got me and they let me know that they were going to support me through this. And that taught me more about what they actually believed than anything they had ever taught me before that moment. So Yeah, the reaction to the situation, and you still remember it. I, I do. And so that's just really, really important. So when it, your kid says, I need to talk to you, just brace yourself and breathe because you got to allow them to you have know, it. And we also have learned, because we failed at this before too, but like in the safe place, if they talk to us about something serious, like maybe they come and admit something that they did wrong. Right there will be at times consequences or there will be action needed to take place, right? Like you can't just be like, okay, sweet. You told me it's all good. Yeah. It's okay. You you know, you just killed the neighbor's cat or something. I don't know. Yeah. They're going to have to have accountability and ownership, but it's not at that moment. Right. You need to do it later on so that the energy around it, around it's correct. You don't want to cause more trauma by your response than they already feel in carrying whatever they're carrying. And I think a good example of this is today, probably every parent wishes their children spent less time on their phones, social media, anything like that, and actually spent more time living life. But here are all these people, these parents who every one of us have been guilty and we need to stop being guilty, which is telling them to get off their phones and not do this. However, yet we spend just as much time or more. Right. So it's a good it's a good call call out for all of us. Yep. Don't um, write checks with your mouth that your actions can't cash. All right. Number six. Kids are allowed to have bad days too. Yeah. Allow it. Let them know it's normal and it happens to you too. We had this happened a couple of weeks ago, and I remember this really distinguished moment. My son had come home from school crying like this third day in a row, just having a rough week at school. People weren't being nice. He. I still think was suffering from being a little angry, lonely, and tired from a little trip we had been on before. But he came home and my wife just simply put her arm around him and said, Hey, it's okay. Last week I had a really tough day too. I spent half the day, you know, in in tears. I probably felt really similar to you. And it was so comforting for him to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't try to change his mind. We were like, you know what? Some days... They, they're just not a great day. And I think women are typically better at this than men. For men, you know, kind of the approach, it's kind of what we were told when we were younger. When I was younger, it's like, oh, toughen up. Come on, knock yeah, it off. You're fine. You know, slug them in the shoulder. You're good. And that is part of a man's DNA, but we need to change that. Right. Yeah. And let them know, it's, you know, it's okay. I've had a bad day, too. Yeah. It's okay. You're allowed to. Yeah. And what's funny is that same kid uh, last week, he's really perceptive and he walked in the house and he saw me and he's like, Oh mom, are you having a, are you having an okay day? So yeah, no, uh, it's been a good day. I just, I'm kind of struggling with this and I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm good. And he was like, well, just remember it's okay to have a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, okay, good. He, he listened. He, yeah, he did. You know? He did. 
number seven. Okay, this is honestly one of my favorites, and it is take your kids out of the bubble. Don't try to keep them in it. First of all, it you'll fail. Like They'll get out of the bubble at some point, but taking them out of the bubble has been such a beautiful experience for, for us. We've had a couple of experiences. One of them we, we actually didn't well, really realize. Yeah. No, we, we did were. down in Las Vegas. And I, I think every family's good at traveling, exposing their children to the world and different yeah. cultures and things. But we can't fail to use those moments as a learning lesson, right? Yeah. Maybe some people do keep their kids in a bubble. Maybe others don't. But by taking them out, first of all, it's an enlightening them. It's letting them see the world and the beautiful yeah. parts of it. But there's going to be things that they see that are alarming and concerning. Yeah. So it's using those moments as a time to address them. Why? Because what better time? Yeah. You can talk about certain things. You could talk about alcoholics and what it's like, but you could see people passed out on the ground drooling or talking to themselves, being wheeled off in wheelchairs, which yeah. I'll tell you about in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> so we went down to the MGM uh, signature suites, right? There's this place. Um, in with, Las Vegas. Yeah, these towers. They're nice. And when we were taking our kids there for the first time, I... I, I looked into it and I said, oh, these places are nice. There was no casinos in the yeah, hotel. Yeah. There was no smoking. I was like, oh, at least we can go down, enjoy Vegas, but kind of stay out of that stuff as much as possible. Well, it connects to the MGM. Yeah. These signature suites that are, you know, sectioned off. So they all share the same like pool, Lazy River area, and, and the amenities are shared. So by the time we got over there, this was, what day was this? Friday or something? Thursday? It was Saturday. Saturday. We thought, oh, let's go out here and it'll be fun. You know, we didn't realize Take that the it kids was to the pool. tied to the other MGM. Well, it was some sort of massive party. And it was a rager. I mean, we get off the little escalator and we come down, get our little ticket, our wristbands. We were going to, you know, kids had their tubes. We're going to go around the lazy river. And there was a guy getting hauled off in a wheelchair. <laughs> He was like, he had thrown up all over himself. I mean, like covered. We it take disgusting. five more steps and there's someone passed out in the bushes, yeah. right? Then we, we, we walk down and all of a sudden someone, there's two people carrying this guy out and he's like just drooling and slurring and just sloppy as can be. And my kids are just like, what is going on? Yeah. And little did we know they had this big like music party. Yeah. It was like a big pool party and it was just ending. Yep. So we got there with our little family. Everyone's face is white from all their sunscreen and there's just <laughs> wasted people everywhere. Well, it was interesting because our children noticed it. We talked to them about it. They were confused. They weren't scared. They were just like, why are they, why can't that guy walk? Like, why is he in a wheelchair? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Like and so we told them, we explained a little bit and we said, hey, you know what? Let's just enjoy our time because that party was just ending. So thankfully it did and we were able to enjoy our time. But that night we were able to talk about our kids and it was, it was empowering. I was sitting, you had put our daughter to sleep and I was sitting with the boys and I said, hey, you want to know what's ironic is everyone down there. They started drinking at the party because it felt good. It yeah. made them, it made their stomach a little tickly and warm and fuzzy and they were having fun. But you can see now how it ends up. And for so many people, that's how their life ends up. And it was just this eye-opening experience. So I was telling them why. Like nothing, These weren't like actual zombies, although they kind of looked like it when we got there. <laughs> but they were normal people who were just misunderstanding. Yeah, They were deceived by something that, appears to be fun yeah 
but ends up controlling your life and putting you in situations where you're being hauled off in a wheelchair or carried out or passed out in the bushes. Yeah. I think one of the coolest parts of that experience too was we just like carried on. Like we were like, all right, let's get in the pool. And yeah. we went around the, the lazy river and Danny and I had this moment where we we're, you know, we had our kids in these tubes and we're just laughing our heads off having such a good time. And, and we noticed that, everyone was kind of staring at us. <laughs> yeah. Like we definitely looked like, and it, it, but it wasn't like stares. Like, why are you here with kids? It was awe. Like astonished. It was, it was like, wow, I think they're real. Like, I think those two people love each other and they, they love their kids and Together. like they're happy. <laughs> like it was like we were the spectacle and it was crazy. And my kids felt that too. And it was really, Really, really cool to observe that and just to have those conversations, like you said, like it opened up these conversations that we just embraced. Like we yep. didn't we didn't anticipate it going that way, but it did and it was it was a blessing, yeah. actually. It was really cool. We did. And you know, later on, years down the road we'd gone to Waikiki, a beautiful beach, and there was a part of the you know, like most big cities, there's a beautiful side and then there's a dark side. Yeah. And they got to experience, you know, a few nights going through certain sections to get to the strip where we wanted to play at or walk on or enjoy things. They had to see some stuff that was a little bit scary. And they were terrified. And they were terrified. But again, times and opportunities for us to use these living examples to talk to our kids. Yeah. And explain to them. You know, I, I think it's, it's very powerful to remind them why this started, that that person on the ground talking to the tree is yeah. is in this situation. He wasn't like that. At one point he was just like you and I. Yep. And over time, this is what happens. I, I, I think kids nowadays need to understand the reason why people do things, sexual addictions, drugs, and alcohol is because in the beginning, it is incredible. Yep. In the beginning, it is, it is the answer, the solution to their problems. Yeah. They found the magic remedy. However, when you get a chance to show someone what the end result looks like, what it, what it turns into for every person, it's empowering. So first of all, you're letting them know why. Why? Because it is exciting at the beginning. Two, this is what's going to happen. And three, here is the end result. Yeah. So you're giving them the whole picture. Right. You're taking away the mystery. You're not deceiving them or lying to them that at first it does seem exciting and fun. Yeah. But you're giving them the real raw example of how it ends up yeah and it was just it, it's always powerful to to have those experiences again as a family because you know we we observed what they were kind of soaking in and they were just kind of quiet and you know but then they were able to ask questions and we answered them and they kind of gained some more understanding and got a little bit more comfortable and just having those kinds of conversations and then it was fun because by the end of the night we were still in the same city nothing had changed yep. but they viewed it differently and then my son my seven-year-old son was in the middle of a dance circle he was with some street the performers street dancers and, and he, he was, felt good about yeah, it he yeah. was happy and he 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 felt secure with us and and his experience and it it was just positive all it, the way around it was so a lot of these experiences that we've had i know you've had similar ones yourself and i know that every family there's things they do that they're really good at yeah. There's oh, probably yeah. a lot of these points we we covered that you're like, yeah, duh, we already do that. Great. But all of us, you know, we're constantly finding areas where we fail too. Yeah. Areas where we need to improve. But we need everyone to know, just like we're learning every day, that we live in a different day and age. Yep. 
you cannot parent the way that your parents did. You just can't. No. You have to do better. If you try to parent your kids today the way you saw your parents parent you yeah. and your siblings, you will fail. Absolutely. If you avoid those difficult conversations, if you try to ignore them or bury your head in the sand, you will fail. Everything is fast forward today. Everything is exposed. There is so much information accessible and the adversary is throwing stuff at people in every regard. I mean, you, you no longer as a young boy, you know, what was big in my day and age is if someone had a playboy, someone stole a playboy from their dad, right? We'd all hover around it and be like, Whoa, look, those boobies today. It finds you. Yeah. It will magically appear through a video game or an ad on a video game or some in some other way it will find you. So the key is how do you play offense instead of defense yeah. with your children, with yourself? It's about being real, being accountable, being transparent. And being willing to have these difficult yep. conversations. So we are putting together some workshops that will be coming out soon with one of our partners and a few other people to help us. We want to give people some tools and resources like material that they can read, yeah. they can follow, things they can do, even giving them some scripts that they can read and, and go through with their family to start these conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're looking forward to that. Yeah, we can't wait. I so also make, look forward to hearing other people's ideas because we all need each other. Yeah, and just make sure you are signed up. Um, go to our website and sign up for our newsletter because yep. that's the best way to to get all of this information so you can so you don't miss any dates. Yeah, um, if you go to yourlivingproof.com, it'll prompt you immediately, right? Yep, With yep. you know, to grab your email. And it trust me, we're not sending it out or using your email for anything other than maybe once a month, twice a month, sending yep. out some little helpful tips or advice and informing you of when we're going to have these events. So yep. you can also follow us on Instagram at your living proof and, uh, and share our podcast guys. We, we are doing a lot of amazing things and we want to keep involving people and helping, helping a lot more in our community. And the best way to do that is through you. Yep. So these are new things we're facing, new challenges we have. So we need lots of great creative ways that we can implement them in our home. So, yep. Right, Everybody have a great week. Okay, love you guys. See ya.